0: a Bramble Jam podcast.
1: their kidnapping hat on today.
0: <laughs> I guess you terrible do.
1: <laughs> way, terrible, terrible way to start. Now I have a different hat on. We've already discussed this, but no one appreciates it. It's a reference to the classic film Under the Tuscan Sun. Classic is Diane in quotes. Lane, and uh, somebody hates it. It also has uh, Grey's Anatomy. Sandra Owen Kate Walsh is lesbian. So let's just go ahead and start. First off, this podcast is John Dutton Must Die. Secondly, my name Justin Kirkland and my co-host Dan Thompson is, let's just say it together, homophobic.
0: <laughs> I just got I want to be clear, because it has Sandra Oh and as a lesbian it becomes a good movie?
1: No, because it has Sandra Oh and Kate Walsh oh, as is a lesbian. That's That's Christina Yang and Dr. Addison Forbes Montgomery from Grey's Anatomy. You know man. what
0: it would it surprise you to learn I've not watched a single episode of Grey's Anatomy? Not a one. There's 500. I've not watched a one.
1: Would it surprise you, comma, the listeners, comma, Dan and I are actually friends, despite the fact that I hate him every episode we record?
0: Doesn't terrible. she, does she go away because she was cheated on, or does she just inherit a villa? I can't remember in that movie. How does she get, like, she gets a villa out of the deal, right?
1: Yeah, so she's an author and her husband cheats on there her. There it
0: is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yep.
1: then and then her gay friends <laughs> uh have gotten pregnant so they can't travel, which is qu- quite conservative considering that Sandra O, oh, I think yeah, Sandra O oh is the pregnant one, was only like 2 months pregnant.
0: Yeah and yeah, then she goes on
1: this she goes on this trip. My hat by the way says gay and away and that <laughs> is the title of the tour company that they that she goes with. So she goes on Gay and Away. She meets Dan Bukatinsky, classic television actor Dan Bukatinsky.
0: <laughs> they wasted all their money on Kate Walsh, Sandro and Diane Lane.
1: No, I'm I'm not joking Dan Bukatinsky is is a moment. How dare you? Anyway, <laughs> Then they're going past, they're going past this villa and she's like, stop, the, stop the bus, stop the bus. And then she runs off like with this, like, like air of like not quite high class white lady, but like middle class living high white lady. Yeah. And she's like, I'll buy it. And then she buys that villa.
0: Yeah, she buys that villa. Of course she does. You know where the, you know the villa is located? To, under the Tuscan sun. <laughs> absolutely that was gonna be the that was going to be the punchline good for yeah, you. no i'm ahead of you on that one well I, I don't think i'll give the movie a second chance but i gave it a first chance and i think that's a lot that says something right
1: you know what we are giving a second chance though yellowstone
0: yellowstone That's right. Uh, We didn't even like there was no pretense this week. We didn't act like we were going to be like, let's get let's stay on point and let's start the episode (laughs) in the blog. We just came out of the gate hot with 20 year old Diane Lane movies, not named unfaithful. That's what we did.
1: But we I did say, do you have your kidnapping hat on? That's and true. You didn't, that's true. You didn't hit that ball, man. I didn't so. because
0: it was. You, it's just a weird way to start a show. One. Two, you have a <laughs> hat on. I don't. So I, it's just weird. This is weird. I, I didn't know what to do with that. And also, I that's just fair. watched, you know, we were doing, yeah, I, I I forgot. The short short version is this. I forgot that that's exactly what we we're going to be talking about. Only because sometimes we batch record these, Justin, and – I'm. I, I maybe. I'm. I, I, I may three episodes removed from that. Maybe. So, th- I'm. Enough. You know. I'm sorry, but I don't have my kidnapping hat on, but I do have my vengeance hat on, and I'm. I'm ready I for like some that. vengeance.
1: We've got a lot to talk about, yeah. and I, because this is, uh, we're covering this episode, the season two episode nine episode. Season two, episode nine.
0: Are you having a stroke?
1: (laughs) Diabetes. That's not a stroke. That's not a stroke
0: Um, at all. Season two, episode nine, episode two, episode nine, season two, episode.
1: (laughs) Aaron, please help us. Um, What's that? It's season two, episode nine and
0: ten. Yes.
1: There it is. Yeah. Wow, Uh uh-oh, we have a new co-host. Yes, he doesn't need to be here anymore. Don't you dare say me. You know I'm too sensitive. Um, (laughs) Dan is gone. Yeah, see you guys. Um, The episodes are titled... Yeah. Perfect. It's going to be fine. We're going to get through it. It's going to be great. Uh, The episodes are titled Enemies by Monday and Sins of the Father, but the most important detail we haven't talked about is that this is the finale yeah, season two. So we are wrapping up season two this week.
0: We are, and I, I do need to say before we dive in, and I know the in memoriam sure. segment on this week is going to be fifty minutes long. So we got to get there. But the uh the the fact that you guys are leaving reviews is just it does our hearts so good. We're up to fifty nine, so fifty nine reviews, and people every we're one hundred percent five stars right now, Justin. Which I mean statistical anomaly, if you pulled one card out of a deck of 52 cards, it would be a five-star review. That's what I'm telling you. It's 100%. And so please continue to show us the love. It makes us feel good. It makes people, it helps people find the pod. So, you know, and clearly people haven't gotten tired of all of the, all the rabbit trails and the banter about all things not Yellowstone.
1: Truly, truly, and this is no insult to you at all. Uh, It's more than insult to me because I have self-confidence issues. I'm stunned that people are still listening. Stunned. I love so it. Yeah. Um, got the loveliest message, by the way. I wanted to shout out somebody and I should have already had this pulled up so that I'm not typing into my computer but now I'm just Well, rambling. I can tell you this,
0: Justin. While you get that, if you've never listened to an episode and you're tuning in because you love these episodes so much, what's going to happen is, is Justin's going to give us a recap of episodes 9 and 10 of season 2. Then we're going to have something we call a little bunkhouse table talk, where we break down the key moments of the episodes, agree or disagree, or moments that stuck out uh, to us. And then, last but not least, we're going to have a little in memoriam where we talk about everybody and everything that died in the episode. Um, and that's what we do here on John Dutton Must Die with a little bit of non sequiturs just sprinkled in across the board. Uh, but your messages have have allowed us to continue to move forward. And if we get a hundred reviews on Apple, if we get a hundred reviews on Apple we're going to get cowboy hats. I started looking on Amazon for some real deal cowboy hats. Cause that's where you go for real deal cowboy hats. Justin is Amazon. Um, and, uh, and I, I feel good about it, but we need 41 more reviews. So or, I think we're going to get there before, you know,
1: um, what I was, thank you for filling in that while I found this message. Also, we needed to say that anyways, but yeah. I'm usually terrible about saying it. Uh, but I got a killer message from my girl, Shannon, on Twitter this week about uh, the episode that came out a couple weeks ago, okay uh, for episode seven. Uh, Shannon's a big Beth fan. I have uh, a smattering of Beth diehards that I follow on Twitter, and they're following me back, and I love them for loving me, and they love me for loving them, and that's because we didn't get enough love in our childhoods. Chicago <laughs> reference. Um, but I was just grateful. It was so thoughtful, uh, very complimentary. Shannon finishes by saying, uh, again, great job on the podcast to the both of you. Um, and it just really goes to show, like, how – hard that episode hits yeah i know that's from a couple weeks ago uh but i've i've just seen like really great feedback from that episode in particular uh, and we want you guys to know we we've locked that in uh as one of our favorites too so thanks for every time you send the love i mean obviously we we love the reviews and that helps get the pod found a little bit more uh but any encouraging words that y'all send is just the nicest so thank you so much for sending that
0: absolutely
1: absolutely um, we are we already said people should leave reviews and you gave a rundown so yeah you want to get it you my... want get a
0: crack in? you want to uh, tell everybody about uh kidnapping time
1: yeah it's crazy um <laughs> we'll start with enemies by Monday if you, if you don't mind let's do it all right holy darkness batman we have a heavy episode on our hands and because taylor sheridan is a messy girl who loves dark drama he's decided to throw the youngest dutton right in the middle of it now that casey and monica have moved back to the ranch john has grown incredibly close to tate even closer than he did before uh to the point where casey and monica take notice of it saying you know I'm, casey said i never had enough love in my childhood and monica was like that should make you think Wildly different opinions on how they feel about this uh, grandfather love, but anyway, before we get into the muck of it all, let's discuss how Monica was accused of shoplifting at the beginning of this Mm. episode, and then it all goes real bad real fast. After a shop clerk accuses Monica of shoplifting, uh, Monica refuses to cooperate and empty her bag. So the cops are called, and the cops say, we need to search you. And Monica says, you're just doing this because I'm a Native American woman. And the cops are not concerned with that opinion Uh, so much that they make her essentially strip naked in the store, which feels a little severe. Um, Everything looks bleak. That is until Beth arrives and shows Monica, the full benefit package of marrying into a family with a human hyena at the ready to rip someone's throat out. Uh, This poor woman, Beth, was nearly raped two episodes ago and not afraid to let some steam off for another poor woman, Monica, who's being racially profiled. Uh, The shop clerk completely eats her words. Um, The cops are like, oh, gosh, sorry, Beth. And uh, Beth is like, that's all right. I'll come back for all of you um even better after that beth and monica go get a drink and she confides in her sister-in-law that she knows how good of a person monica is and that she has the power to stop casey a fellow good person from becoming a full-fledged dutton (laughs) is it a bit on the nose sure but it's nice to re-establish one of season two's most powerful through lines which is that casey can be good and beth knows that all of them are terrible Oh, yeah. And on the Jamie front, he discovers that his ex-girlfriend and best cheerleader, Christina, knows that Sarah's death was not an accident. And to go double trouble, she's pregnant with his child. Oh, oh, And also to tie up loose ends, Jimmy's grandfather is found dead. That's the beginning of the episode. It feels <laughs> kind of weird. But so I shoved <laughs> it in just like Taylor Sheridan did. And it's all due to a stroke in relation to that assault from those skinhead meth boys. Obviously, we know what's coming at the end of the episode. Tate gets kidnapped by the Beck brothers cronies, which is terrifying. And what's wild about this is that somehow, for the duration of Operation Kidnap, Monica, John, and Casey had no idea where Tate was. All they found were tire tracks and a lone rain boot that fell off his little boy foot.
0: That's right. And that's there it is.
1: You want Man. you want that finale recap too?
0: I think so. I mean, it's such a cliffhanger uh, I, I can't imagine us unpacking that, even though if we do go forward, I think we're going to shortchange the shoplifting situation and there the G- the Jimmy uh, grandfather situation uh, pretty heavily. But I don't yo, go ahead. Just do the next one. Let's see what happens. Let the chips yeah. fall where they may.
1: Oh, I have I have some notes. I have some asterisks, if you will. Great. And and we'll get back to it. But in terms of sins of the father, let's just get into it. After a sad little opening where John and his father go on a quote unquote last ride together because he's dying. We jump to the present where John outlines his plan to get Tate back. He leaves Beth out of the plan, though, so that, quote, Tate has someone to come home to because apparently (laughs) Monica is dead. Um, They better get on the ball, though, because the Becks are running at full speed, sending full-on assassins to take out Dan Jenkins, and you'd think that'd be a job for any run-of-the-mill guy looking for cash, but turns out Dan's pretty stealthy. (laughs) Uh, That said, in, in his final blows, he kills the two men, and Dan himself dies. Monica, who has had... Too many run ins in Montana recently, flips her chips and asks John to kill the men who took her son because honestly, she's over this shit. <laughs> and John is like, okie dokie, lady. Uh, John calls Thomas Rainwater to tell him to get ready and to lay low because the Becks are out and about, but Rainwater is already ahead and sent Mo. Uh, Mo, uh, Mo brings plenty? <laughs> no, I think it is. I think it is. Oh gosh, I'm interrupting. Uh, it's it's Moe brings plenty. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, they brought him uh, to to help fight the charge and bring Tate back. I'm sorry, I got so anxious and I was like, is his name that? I, this, I did not know um, it.
0: Just didn't, this, I didn't know it. Dude, I thought you I thought you were taking a shot in the dark and I thought it was bold. That was a bold time to do that.
1: It's like wow it's in this episode that we get one of the best and most absurd scenes I've ever seen on TV, which is when Casey shoots Teal while he's sitting on the on toilet. On the toilet. That's right. <clears throat> all yeah. of that right after Teal adds insult to injury and tells Casey, his son is being held at a y supremacist camp. Yeah. Monica again, yeah. absolutely no breaks for this woman. No, just insult to injury amid all of this. John alters his trust and gives rip a house on the Yellowstone ramps. Ranch, excuse me, uh, which is nice, if not slightly shoehorned in at the moment, but you know, that's the writing style. <laughs> the whole crew attacks Malcolm and John eventually kills him as well as taking out a whole slew of white supremacists holding Tate hostage. Tate is in shambles after the whole situation, but he saved John breaks down. But again, he was able to get his grandson back and Beth somewhat hilariously laments that she can't wait until they lose this place. And honestly, I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, lots to digest here. Uh, I think to, that's that's the understatement, especially coming off the two episodes from last week that that have so much emotion um packed into them. We just we, we never d- leave leave the throttle alone. We're just full full go here all the way to the end of the season.
1: I have I have so many thoughts. Yep. Uh because I know that we're going to spend a lot of time on Tate, our sweet, sweet boy Tate. Let's go back real quick and talk about Monica's racial profiling in Montana.
0: <laughs> I
1: yeah. Mm. hmm what's the best way to phrase this hmm <laughs> it feels weird to me in the proximity and i i'm probably just being an, an ignorant white guy here but like it feels weird to me in the proximity of montana and where they all live that this store clerk is like that native american one is probably <laughs> stealing stuff like yeah Babe, didn't you guys originate the language? Like, yeah. y'all came to Montana yeah. and took everybody's land. Like, yeah. you're the thief. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I, I haven't looked up statistics. You know, we live in a world where you read the headline, you have a hot take. So that's kind of what I'm doing here. But like, is there a lot of like racial profiling when it comes to theft I, against Native American people? I, I'm. On, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, well, I, I don't.
0: I don't know the answer to that, but my guess would be yes, anywhere near, but off of reservations, um, because I know that those relationships typically have some or friction. Thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. it's
1: my, let me add that. I just find I find it all. I find our world so annoying. <laughs> like I, I just I know that this isn't the place or the time, but I, it's just like. Why? Like why? And I and I, I guess like when I was watching it, I'm not taking away from the fact that it could happen as much as I'm just like, why? Why does this happen? Yeah, it's bananas to me. I, I just also think the extremity of it was nuts. But I'm gonna stop talking for a second and let you go
0: for it. I, no, you're good. I think the first time I watched this, I actually really loved this plot line because I loved Beth coming in. And being like, oh, you think what you did was bad? I'm gonna like make you pay. And and Monica being like, no. And then Monica has now this reason to trust uh, Beth, or they have this thing together. And then this is like, if we're weighing out whether Monica should stay on the Dutton Ranch, and we're putting pros and cons, we now have a big, you know, pro. thing in the pro col- column, which is Beth is actually sticking up for me, like I'm family, and blah blah blah. Upon the second time through, it reminded me more of like people that I grew up with in and out of my family, not my immediate family, who was all like super great. But uh, some people in my extended family or people that I grew up with who were like definitely, definitely like at the very least elitist or racist or like thought they were better than but then would do things to show you that they weren't like the people that are like, who would start a sentence with like, I'm not racist, but you know what I mean? Like those people, like yeah. that's typically the number one sign that you're, you're racist. If you start a sentence that way and letting Beth, listen be I'm not racist, racist but, but, yes, but no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I'm not homophobic, but under the Tuscan sun, I. <laughs> breathing heavily into the mic. <sighs> um, and so letting Beth Dutton be the hero of this, as much as I love Beth, like struck me as Taylor Sheridan going, listen, like the Duttons are bad, but they're also bad. Not as bad as real racists, you know. Not as bad as the real folks, and maybe that's just the the time in which I was watching it. But it didn't have the same power to it that it did on my first uh, time through. Uh, and and I appreciated that it was handled in a very Beth Dutton way. Like the fact that she goes in there and isn't just like, Hey, you better stop right now. And they're like, Oh no, we've made a huge mistake. And that's the end of it. Beth starts like going in on like, you know, Oh, we're going to, she starts breaking stuff and, and shattering everything. And like, I'm going to end you. Like it is, it was a very clear scorched earth, Beth Dutton situation. I just, it didn't ring nearly as uh, chivalrous And as it did the first time I watched it, if that makes sense.
1: No, I I completely can see that. The irony is that I feel like it actually hit me harder.
0: Huh? Okay.
1: Like instead of Beth, just being this like crazy caricature that I love to watch. I, because I thought about this as well. And I'm like, when else in the show is Beth like prejudice or racist and mm. or or white savior, even yeah, and it, it, this I scene, can't yeah, it, think of I can't think of a time mm. where like this kind of goes against her core character. So I kind of love it because I think that it's a nice j- demonstration that like Monica's against uh, kind of against the wall when it comes to when it comes to the the interactions that are happening here and like frankly the the burden of of being somebody in a in a different of a different race or of a minority group facing a situation like this and i kind of i think a little cynically in the world that we live in like when the powers that be come along and do something terrible to somebody sometimes the only way you can beat it is with money and more yeah. power. Yeah. So like Beth coming in and just kind of mm. throwing her weight around and yep. honestly throwing her arms and stuff around is kind of a nice kind of a nice like reality check for these people like I have more means than you do because that's all that this was against yeah. Monica as well is yeah. I have the means to put you in this position and make you feel small and Beth came in and was like get your uh get your cop badge out. Cause I'm about to show you what a real one looks like. And it's just like, bah, bah, bah. like it's, it's kind of great.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to process this, but I guess my answer about Beth would be the great thing about her is that she doesn't punch down. Beth never punches down or it like exposes the already vulnerable who who don't deserve it like in her mind like and Jamie Dutton is kind of the exception but if you if you know considering what he did to her that's not punching down but the problem is is that she never punches down and she gets the job done in the service of a family and entity that almost exclusively punches down and so you, you, there's an issue where which is like, you know, it's like, I know now we're getting into history, but like John Adams was like, it. John Adams was staunchly against slavery. Like at every meeting in the Continental Congress stood up and was like, slavery's terrible and the Bible would, would, you know, would tell you that it's terrible. But at the end of the day, he was like, I know that I'm going to get outvoted on this. So let's continue to move forward with this government and the three fifth compromise and everything else. And so how do we... How do we view John Adams? Do we view him as a as a as a bastion of morality who fought for truth and justice and and even when even when it wasn't the popular thing did what was right and didn't punch down or do we view him as a guy that that helped the founding fathers establish like a system that oppressed a, a group of people and I, I know that Yellowstone is not the founding of our country, but on a much smaller scale, Beth Dutton doesn't ever punch down, but she literally is the consiliary to the ultimate puncher downer, and and so I, I I I just I'm caught there. I'm caught in the crosshairs there, Justin.
1: No, I'm a, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this because you're completely right. And ultimately, the reason that we view John Adams the way that we do, John Adams,
0: John Adams, yeah.
1: Mo, Mo brings plenty. Um, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Uh, no, the reason that we view John Adams that way is because the people in power and the winners for uh, to go cliche, the winners write history.
0: Yes, correct.
1: And and the people in power write history. And in some ways, we have the depiction of Beth that we recognizing well and good that she is a fictional character. Yes. But we have this depiction of Beth because Taylor Sheridan wrote it that way. Yeah. And it's, I find, I mean, we've talked about this a lot over the past couple seasons of coverage, but I find this rewatch to be a really interesting way of kind of assessing through our limited scope of how Taylor Sheridan kind of sees the world and maybe how he sees other people's responsibilities to step in, particularly on Native American issues. Yeah. And, and I, and I find it fascinating the way that he writes it. Uh, not particularly because it's good. Uh, that sounds harsher than I meant for it too. It did. Uh, it sounded
0: really stinging. <laughs> that sounded like a full uppercut by you. Bah. Just a hit piece. I, I,
1: I come in, Taylor Sheridan's holding somebody hostage and making them like strip down and I come in and knock all this That's
0: right. Yeah. Like, not on my watch. Oh, the real one. I've got the podcast. That's right.
1: Um, No, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fascinating. But I do really like, I mean, if you really want to kind of extend it, that scene that follows where Beth, one's like, Monica, let's go get a drink. And Monica's like, I'm not drinking. And she's like, well, come watch me drink. Um, And they sit down at the bar, all of the goodness that Monica, I believe that Beth thinks that Monica is a good person. Like I, we have reference points for that later on in the series. So spoiler alert. Um, We have it before this and we have it now. But what I think is interesting is that ultimately after doing this kind of thing for her, she has the ask of get Casey out of here. It's never without at least some kind of a price. Even if that price is just a suggestion. Yeah. It's always with a price. Yeah,
0: that's fair. And I do think. I do think Monica is a good person. I agree with that. I think she is a good person. And I think Beth, we're about to enter. uh, We're about to enter Beth's vulnerable era um, in the next few episodes. Uh, I would like, can can I say, is that accurate? Is that incorrect? Yeah. 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 And, and, And we're, it's a setup. It's a setup because she's been a monster, like in her own way. And then she's about to get real vulnerable for A little bit of a stretch, and then it's going to get it's going to get real, Um, and and so I I think this is a good precursor to that, but it did just have a tinge of of like a you know an Edward Zwick thank God for white people movie. Do you know what I mean? Like a you know like a whatever it is with you know, uh, Glory or uh, or Last Samurai. We will (laughs) always remember the Titans. (laughs) The Titans. That's exactly right. You make sure they remember. The night they played the Titans. It's one of my favorite. Listen, and Will Patton is in Yellowstone. But that, that speech that he gives the defense, we're going to blitz all night. I got that thing memorized. Look, uh, listen, um, thank God for that white person. I, I like yeah, if you
1: leave, If you leave three more reviews, Dan will do that entire monologue. I will.
0: They better not the gain another yard. I'm just telling you. I can do the whole thing.
1: Uh, that- I'm gonna kick something over to you because I feel like you have much more to say about it than I do. Uh, tell me tell me about Jimmy's grandfather. Tell me how you feel. Tell me
0: show
1: me on the dog where Jimmy's grandfather's death hurt you.
0: You know, uh, you know what's wild is that Jimmy is involved in the rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Do, Stupid. You, do you remember that? Do you remember that storyline? I'm sure we'll never see it again. Um it is like well, it's in the rain and the joy and the pain. <laughs> Call the thing, rodeo. rodeo. They they uh I feel like this this little, you know, corner of trauma that Taylor Sheridan throws at us is like Either he felt like it wasn't jam-packed enough or he forgot that Jimmy's storyline was important to him. And so he was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's get this back in here. But I don't have time to, like, work it and, like, build it. I just need something to, like springboard it and do it. And so what if we kill the guy? And here's the thing is, is what's his name? He hosts the podcast. The guy that plays Jimmy, you know, his name, you, what's his name? Uh,
1: Jefferson wide. Yeah.
0: Jefferson. He gives a great performance. Like when he finds out that his grandfather has, has passed away, it's really, it's really good. Like he does a really good job. And the subsequent scene where they go and they kill these guys in the, in the meth lab slash single wide is, A great piece of action. Like, and we're gonna we're get we'll get there eventually, but there are several great action set pieces in in these two episodes. Like phenomenal work. And I like part of me wishes that Taylor Sheridan to buy the Four Sixes Ranch would just make like born identity movies or something because he the way that he stages these set pieces is phenomenal. And I know that he's not directing every episode, right? He other people are directing them, but like He's got his hands all over this like he it's it's like cinematic. And so I'm not mad at the scene that we get because it's a great piece of entertainment. But gosh, we've kidnapped a nine year old. Uh, We've got uh, uh, racial profiling. Uh, We got uh, Beth and Rip getting a hump. We we have enough here. You know, we we don't need save some of this for season three when literally nothing happens in the first episode, to my knowledge. Uh, so like save something. I, I I just it seemed like it was just not necessary. We got more than enough. Episode seven, six, seven, no, no, seven, eight, nine, and ten of ep- of season two have so much in them. We do not need Jimmy and his grandfather dying and the meth lab uh, blow up. Uh, we don't. We don't need it. And, and, and I, I, it's we're just. It's just going to be like banging a drum over here. You're going to hear it for the next two seasons. We just don't need it. And and, and we're going to get it anyway. And that's <laughs> <Isn't> that sad? <laughs>
1: You know what, though, even as sometimes, because I, I think the other thing that I feel like we did need—that's that's, a, that's a frustrating. I no sentence will be finished with me today. Um, so, <laughs> did sorry. need the thing that really frustrates me is that you're completely right. There are things that we don't need to get pushed in anyways, then there are things that we need yeah, that we just don't need right now. Like if I'm in the middle of dinner, don't bring me dessert. Let no. me have dessert no. Yeah. And this whole thing of like, Hey, I want you to know that you have a house on the Yellowstone now. Oh
0: dear Lord. Can like, we talk about, if we're going to do that.
1: Very I, good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cole, very not now. Cole Hauser giving the performance of a lifetime when he should be out helping find Tate. Like they do this thing where I believe literally everyone from the bunkhouse is helping Casey except Rip except the guy known for being like bulletproof and for fighting and for being just a BA in general, this guy is feeding the horses and they do him the disservice of saying the line. I can't believe I'm just here feeding the horses. I feel like I could be doing more to help bring back Tate. Why didn't you let Lloyd feed the horses? Like let anybody else, just so we can have this, this scene. This?
1: Do you want me to blame this on daddy Sheridan? Cause please, oh, well, I will. Please do. Please do. Excuse. I think that one of his forgotten plot lines that he just like kind of it was a really good idea when he started writing it. And then as the season went on, he was like, I don't, I don't know. And occasionally he just remembers it kind of like Jimmy's grandfather is that
0: Rip hates Casey. <laughs> they they made Do up. Do you remember that? I remember it. It lasted an episode and a half. And then all of a sudden they're pals.
1: No, it happened again. It was like, it was a thing. I swear, I think that Taylor Sheridan does not go back and watch his previous work. And I think that he just like forgets sometimes because sometime in season one, they hated each other. Yeah. Then they made up. Then they hated each other again. But don't they fight
0: and rip, Rip lets him win? Isn't that the end? That's the end of the hatred. Like once that happens, isn't that the end of it? Or am I, I wrong? I could be see, wrong.
1: Honestly, the fact that neither of us are confident <laughs> enough to say like absolutely yeah. this was the end lets you know that this storyline wasn't handled well. No. And that was in my mind. Honestly, I guess the other the other damning piece of it is that I had the question of whether or not Rip still hates Casey, and that's a problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. I shouldn't have that question in my head of like, why isn't Rip out there? Oh, I bet it's cause he hates Casey again because Taylor Sheridan can't make up his mind on that. So I don't, I don't know. I completely agree with you. It was really weird to have him out. It felt kind of like oddly, it felt half sentimental that now Rip is going to have this house, but also like, half like accidental and transactional that he's going to have. Yeah. Themselves? I don't know. It's and, all really weird. There are too many halves there. And
0: also, and I know this is a deck, the hallmark. We do a wait, what segment, and that's not what I'm trying to do here. But also if this is a legally binding document, maybe say that he gets the house in it. <laughs> if you listen to that letter, it, he never, he never says it. He just says, it turns out I had a son all along. It doesn't even say his name in the letter. Like, we, Beth has to do a lot of work here to infer what John is talking about. Like, the letter is poetically written, but it is not written with any sort of legality in mind. It never names Rip the benefactor or successor or heir to anything. And I, I like, you know what if he was talking about Tate? Yeah, what if he was talking about Tate? What if he was talking about <laughs> Jamie being his actual? So like I don't know. Like it it it, it feels like she, he you know he left Beth to do a lot of the gap filling there and and you know good, she 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 clearly like went over and told him the house was his. But it, it once again I a great listen. Hauser, who has basically just been. You know, the guy that like stares and says, Do you want to fight for two seasons? He gets a showcase here. And, you know, I don't, you know, you, you wanted to give uh, Beth, Dutton, uh, R- Riley, and I- uh, Emmy that she never was going to get because people wouldn't give Yellowstone any Emmys a few weeks ago. This episode is, is Cole Hauser Emmy nom, at least nominee worthy. Like it's like sure. what he does here is really special for a guy that's just basically been reduced to like grunting and screaming and headbutting and fighting for two seasons. What he does here is like really special and it, it, but also I, I, so much has happened so much. And and this is going to be a trend over the next two, three seasons. You're going to get a lot of filler at the beginning of seasons, like a lot of setup, like four or five episodes. And then it's just going to go hard for four or five episodes. And it just seems like, it seems like Taylor Sheridan has ADHD and he doesn't like take his Adderall until the last four weeks. It's like everything else is just like, whatever, and then all of a sudden there's a dog and he's caught every car and he's trying to like, you know, it, it, it's crazy to me that that so much of this is so good. It's so good. This is as good as the show is. I'm not complaining. Like all of these storylines are, are as good as they've ever been. The Jimmy storyline is, is as good as it's ever going to be. The All of them. They're all hitting. We just, it's we get 85 minutes of this and it could have been for 400 <laughs> easily.
1: I have a little note where I said, this is where I, cause I didn't start watching Yellowstone until season two. And these were the episodes where I was like, you know what? I'm going to like fully get caught up. Cause like yeah. it's crazy.
0: Well, this was, I like, watched, I, I didn't start watching live until season three. So I was watching one and two on Peacock or whatever, Paramount plus whatever. And I remember in season two going the same thing, like a right around here going, this show's great. Ooh, yeah. This show's great. Like this you is. Me. Yeah. This show's fa- fantastic. Like we, we started about the same time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, part of me wonders, does Taylor Sheridan like hit writer's block? And then at the point in the season where he's supposed to be riding, like, Episodes like seven, eight, nine, ten. He rewatches Cole Hauser's uh performance in Fast and the Furious.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, we
1: can amp it up. And then they just <laughs> go crazy, just nuts. Yeah. Um I have some I have some questions for you. Okay. I have some questions for the world. And then I have some questions for you. I love and this. And then we can get back to the plot. Great. The question that I have most of all from this episode or these two episodes. Is you're not fooling me. How stupid do you think I am that a child's rain boot would just fall off?
0: Have you ever tried (laughs) to remove a
1: boot? There's never been a time in my experience of wearing cowboy boots, of wearing work boots for one incredibly difficult summer. Um,
0: (laughs) What were you doing? What were you doing that summer? What were you doing that summer? Uh,
1: Doing stupid construction with my dad.
0: Oh, and I didn't.
1: Like, here's the thing. I have deep, deep respect for people that work yeah. outdoors, for people that work construction. What in God's name made my dad think that I was ever that type of person? I'm I'm, yeah. not, meant for the, I'm not meant for that world. And, and I don't say that as like I'm above it because I'm not above it. I say it that I'm below it. <laughs> because my dad used to put me to work and be like, go weed eat this area or go like, uh to go like dig this and like I was terrible at it like I caused him more problems <laughs> by him hiring me maybe he so just thought was, he'd give you a things. shot and
0: and you'd be a savant you'd be a savant construction worker
1: <laughs> I, I I dabble in I dabble in words and I, I think that says everything you need to know about me and doing construction work
0: I did a summer of landscaping in Columbia South Carolina as a as a twenty year old and I would never ever again. it was brutal
1: yeah, it was yeah. brutal
0: I, I will say this uh to your other point I have a seven year old that has literally any time I've turned around taken off every shoe or boot I've ever put on the kid i mean literally we we're we're out to eat, and he just puts his bare foot on the table and I'm like bro and and it takes him two seconds so I don't know, uh, but I will say this. He didn't wear many boots. The fact that the boot is off, I don't know what happened there. I, I don't know that that seemed to be a little too easy, but it did lead us to a very quiet end of episode nine, which was fun. But yeah, it seemed like it was a little too, too easy there.
1: Can I ask you another question? No judgment. Uh, Cause I'm not a parent, but you are a parent of two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How easy is it? to lose your child.
0: <laughs> well, I don't own a ranch that is the the most amount of land in Montana. And I feel like the thing that I probably wouldn't do is send my kid or definitely not my grandkid uh, down to feed his horse with no one down there in the middle of the night. Um, how easy is it to lose my kids? One of my kids is always getting into shenanigans. Like one of my kids real tough to lose the other one. He is like, if you don't keep an eye on him, you will lose him. Like he, he will climb over something, hide under something, dig up something it's happening. Um, so yeah, it's kids are like almost a full-time responsibility if you can believe it.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm of two minds about this because I'm always, I, I'm really grateful again. I'm, I'm, 33 like we we want to have kids uh but it's not it's not something that we're we're rushing into because uh <laughs> call me devastated but i found out two boys can't have babies what? Together, So we, we gotta go find them unbelievable go find them anyway um <laughs> and we and we want to do it one day but we're taking our time but i'm really grateful to have waited this long because i feel like i have friends uh there was the first group of people that had kids and they're like, being a parent was everything I hoped it could be. Being a parent <laughs> is the most beautiful experience. And I'm sure there's a level of truth to that. But I really appreciate my friends that have had kids in their thirties. Yeah. That are like, I almost murdered my child today. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, hyperbole, that's so funny. And they're like, no, I held that child at knife point. And I'm like, yes, like, that's the honesty yeah. that I want. So I do think that there's probably I always empathize with parents uh, having to keep up with having to keep up with kids, having to control kids when they're going through like a uh, like a crazy emotional breakdown at the grocery store. However, my problem with this Yellowstone situation is when there is literally two representatives from Aryan Nation showing up like a, like three days before and saying, like kind of like inferring that like, hey, we might steal your child. I'm going to keep it a little closer. Yeah, Especially go to the barn today. No. You're going to stay close to me because, like, literally, like the blue-eyed devil is coming for you. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they're not like subtle about it. They have like, and we'll find this out in episode ten, but they have like bedazzled shirts that say white power. Like they're not like you know. I don't know if you've ever met a white supremacist, but they don't really like. It's not like that. They don't. They don't. Have like this, one dude has a star on his shirt, like a giant, shining star that just says white power. Like, did you, what did you, this is just, you knit that at home? Like, what in the world? <laughs> um, back to your parenting thing, I, you, you, listen, you're 100% right, especially like my, my kids, I am like triple checking things, but also the folks that come up and they go, enjoy it now because you're going to you're going to miss this age like those people are like the people that probably peaked in high school do you know what i mean like it, it, it's it's it, it's like like I understand that I'm going to miss the fact there are some things I miss about my child being an infant, like, and and I can already see that my kids are, my boys are seven and they, you know, every day they're a little bit more independent. And I understand that aspect of it. I understand that for sure. But also not for all the money in the world. Would I go back to potty training them again? Not, not for all the money in the world. I, I like legitimately, I, I just, that's a one, that's a one and done situation. We don't need, like, I I'm, I'm much more enjoying them now than I, than I was then because that was really, really hard for me. It was a very difficult time for me. And so that's what makes parenting great. If you just your sit, boys, Yeah. What about them?
1: Your boys are so lucky to have you. Cause I don't even plan on potty training my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things that they're going to get to like, Nine and be like, I keep embarrassing myself at school. I've got to find a way around this.
0: Well, I got to be honest. I still, I still put a pair, an extra, uh, like just outfit in one of my kids' backpacks. And it's not because he's not potty trained. It's because if he's invested in something, he does not care. Like, for instance, we just got a Nintendo Switch and the three of us are playing a side scroll Mario game and we can all play together. We just got to Bowser's Castle. We beat every world. We didn't warp a single time. We beat every world. And then I look over. He's like, Dad, I got to go change underwear. And I'm like, why? He goes, because I peed myself. I'm like, bro, we could have stopped the game for you to go and pee. He's like, couldn't do it. Couldn't risk it. And and to be honest, kind of thankful because typically when they pee... It's basically just a urine-based Jackson Pollock in the bathroom. So I, I, I like I would just like just go ahead and piss yourself, and we'll cha- we'll change the underwear, and we can keep trying to beat Bowser, bro. Like I'm fine with that.
1: You won't believe it, but <laughs> the last square I had to mark off on my Yellowstone bingo board was Jackson Pollock.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Thought it might be. <laughs>
1: on on this episode. We did
0: it. So we can shut it down. We didn't even talk about rescuing Tate. That's fantastic.
1: (laughs) Well, I I guess the last thing before we really get into rescuing Tate is knowing what you do about parenting do you and knowing that like the like Jackson Pollock like bathroom mess isn't going to be an issue anymore, a child gets kidnapped. Do you look for him? Everyone, don't take don't take God, me seriously. Yeah, no, 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 I uh, I think that I I will say that the kidnapping of Tate really kind of. One of the problems that Yellowstone has as it goes along, and I think you really, really, like, run into this starting in season four, is that, like, when you raise the stakes this fast, yeah. this this intensely, it's hard to keep up, and the kidnapping of a child is, yeah. is up there. They do manage to up to it push, in three. To up it in three. Yeah. Three's worse, but like you, it, it starts getting a little. It starts getting a little bananas. But I do think at this point, just an just an incredible storyline. I think that the I think that the uh, white supremacist of it all uh, is a, an extra layer of icing that maybe we didn't need. Uh, I feel like it was <laughs> just like, and I'm, I'm not even talking about the bedazzled shirts. That's yeah. obviously way too much. That's I couldn't like believe that everything.
0: the guy, like the guy, it looks like he bought that shirt at like some like. White supreme like neo Nazi hot topic. It's like they yeah. had a they had a place where it's like. How did I do that again? Are you white supremacist? But do you want to look hip and cool? We've got you covered. Cool. <laughs> um, and, and that was wild to me. It was like, hey, how do we make sure that people? <laughs> we know, we know, Taylor. We know that they're white supremacists. You don't have to put any shirt on that says white power. Like we know that they're terrible human beings. They took a child. Like we don't need any more proof in that regard, and, and I will say, it it lends itself to a a couple of great set pieces. I think having another, like having the Beck boys use someone else and Taylor just spin a, you know, he just spun the wheel in, in his office that had like, you know, like, you know, well, supremacist. that's right. White. See, I just ticked, it ticked one over to white supremacists. We almost said clowns, which would have been fantastic. Uh, the one after that, yeah. that brings one team. <laughs> The Marlboro Man was on there, but the, it was really, it was a slim one, you know, it was a very slim, it was like the million dollar Wheel of Fortune one, you wouldn't like uh, and it was a fake Marlboro Man, not the real one obviously, we would never, obviously, never. belittle the cigarette guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and and so yeah, he's he spins the wheel. And so we had that. But what's cool is is you get the, the the tiered levels of like the Dan Jenkins and then they go and they kill the lesser Beck brother, whatever his name is on the toilet. A, Teal. Fac- yeah, fascinating scene. And then then you get Malcolm and you get the kid back, like Malcolm, and that scene with Kevin Costner, like, this is peak Kevin Costner. I The fact that I know that Kevin Costner was mad about the writing in season two and asked him to change it for three pisses me off every time I watch this show because season two is peak John Dutton badassery like peak John Dutton, Kevin Costner, like sitting there going, you're going to meet your maker. And the, 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 your that writing there. My doesn't matter what you do now. If you keep your, your mouth shut, your entire life boils down to my grandson and what you did. It doesn't matter what you did before. This is great stuff. Him sitting there with this dude in agony is just like, Oh, it's perfect. And so I love that.
1: John Dutton is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk it all. I'm not just gonna. When I'm saying I'm gonna risk it all, I mean both of my sons and me. That's right. For this child, like this is the ultimate throwdown that we've come across up until this point. And again, three episodes ago, one of the most popular characters on the show was nearly like brutally raped. That's
0: right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Crazy. we're coming off of that those episodes, and also, I, you know. It goes without saying, but John Dutton does feel like this is his fault, and it is his fault. You made a kid a bowl of ice cream and sent him out into the dark where white supremacists are lurking to feed his horse. You can't walk out there with him to make sure he does it? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like,
1: Are you talking about this episode specifically or
0: 2023 in general? (laughs) (laughs) Can it be a both-and? Can it be a both-and situation? (laughs)
1: Um, I will say this was so I had been pitching I used to be for those of you who don't know I used to be a staff writer at Esquire and I was pitching to my editor at the time like we should cover Yellowstone we should cover Yellowstone I was like I I swear it's popular (laughs) and uh, it just it wasn't hidden with the mainstream media and I hate using that term because it sounds like I'm trying to be weird but like it wasn't hidden and what convinced my editor what like pushed it over the edge i'm telling about all this stuff that happened he's like "Mm, i don't know i don't think it's for us Mm, i don't know i don't think it's for us and i said one character shot another character off the toilet and killed him (laughs) and he just kind of sat there and stared at me for a minute he just goes write it up. <laughs> and I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There you and, go. Uh, and that was the beginning of Esquire's uh, Yellowstone coverage.
0: So you started covering it right after like at like at its peak, like like from a quality standpoint, not peak viewership. Yes. So when you started covering it the show started to decline. Is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: If you guys uh, could rate this one star, and so that this will be over, uh, that would be great. And I don't want to be here
0: anymore. You can find me under the Tuscan Sun,
1: because <laughs> I'm what,
0: gay and away.
1: <laughs> that's what the hat says. Sorry, I don't think I mentioned that before. You can't bring past references that weren't recorded into this. I mean, that's a note to me. Not that's you. right. That's right. It's All a good of note. This is.
0: You we did. So well. Producer and Aaron is telling you. me that you did mention it, so don't worry. You did. You didn't That's show the everyone thing. the hat, but you did mention it.
1: That's the thing that I really don't like about myself. Like why can't I just leave
0: the gay out of it?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I talked to I talked to some people uh from extended family recently for wedding prep, so it's kind of bleeding over. Oh
0: boy. Um, yeah, why do you got to make it why do you got to make it about being gay, Justin? Like it's it's not like it's like who you are. <laughs>
1: Listen, there is a Macklemore song uh, where he goes. Does it have a piano actually, in it? I think it? it's the lady. And then she goes, I can't change. Even yeah. If I, that's me. Yeah. That's me. What? Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. That's me singing it. It's <laughs> uh, crazy. Oh, Should we, is, are we ready to move into the immemorial? In I, I think we, like we are. I feel like we covered
0: the thing heck thing out of thing thing, it, man. Thing?
1: um we have quite a long list it's crazy yeah first and foremost i I don't know why i put this before jimmy's grandfather but i have that tree that jimmy attacked when he learned his grandfather died
0: yeah yeah Trees
1: are more sensitive than you think you really yeah yeah they're
0: gonna have to get a botanist out there i don't know if that thing's making it i think you're right
1: um and then of course jimmy's grandfather
0: yeah r.i.p heaven of course
1: Beth Beth's business at the store that Monica visited and got racially profiled at because she's not going back there. No,
0: she's not. And well, that but that woman's business, I feel like is probably not long for at least that that town of Montana.
1: Nah, 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 nah. It's no good. No, um, all those uh, Beck brother hires who might be ninjas. Yeah, they're well, they whatever they are, stuff.
0: they're not super great at their job. Their their mortality rate is one hundred percent. Like the, the Beck brothers ever send anyone to do a job and they live? I, I don't think so. The white yeah. supremacists, the two that went after Beth, the two, the three that go after Dan Jenkins. If you if you get hired by the Beck brothers to go and do a job, you're gonna die. Apparently.
1: Um, wanna and I don't want to say shout out. I just want to make sure that we recognize the emo skinheads that die. <laughs> of course, of course, um, yes. May they rest not in peace. Not in peace. Um, of course, Teal and Malcolm Beck.
0: Yeah, of course. Also, probably. Um, Hell for them as well. Hell. I mean, you can't. They, they kidnapped a child, and they hired white the supremacists. Tree, yeah, heaven.
1: The tree, heaven. Yeah. Jimmy's grandfather, heaven.
0: Oh, oh, you know who that else? Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, hold on. That woman's business. Hell. Hell. Straight Dan to hell. Jenkins. Hell? if there is <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. All the Beck hires. Hell. Yeah. So Malcolm Beck. Hell. Yeah. Skinheads. Hell. Hell. I
0: have one more. Okay. I got one more too.
1: It's not a death, technically, but Cowboy left. Who? What? Exactly. Do you remember Cowboy? Oh, yeah. Older... What in the world? He shows up out of nowhere. I and... put him on the death list because obviously Taylor Sheridan had this idea, brought him on. He kind of lurked for a couple episodes. And then T-Share was like, nah, girl, like, we got to get you out of here. Yeah. So then he just went up in the, in the finale and was like, hey, guys, I'm going to go out like it." Like they all go to fight, and Cowboys like I'm blowing in the wind. And That's he right. Just
0: leave. You got to. I feel like there's three episodes where he says the thing about being a cowboy is you got to know when to quit an outfit. I feel like he says that line in like three episodes, and I could be wrong. Like you got to know which outfits to quit, and when to go. Like I, I feel like he gives Walker that talk, and then he gives it again. You know when to hold him. Yeah. You know when to fold. And him. When to walk away. I. We we also need uh, to throw. John Dutton's dad into the mix.
1: Ah, crap! You're right because
0: he did die during this season on television, and it is the guy who plays him is a pretty famous TV actor. Like he's been acting like he has like hundreds of credits, and he does a great job. Um, and he's he's like when he in the role, I think he's 90 years old when he plays the the character. Like in real life, he's 90. What's his name? Dabney Coleman? Dabney Coleman. And he like he does a great job. Like a great job in that scene. And it's a really touching scene. So even though he probably was involved with a lot of terrible things, I don't know. Heaven, hell, I don't know. Are you okay over there?
1: No, I'm not okay. Dabney Coleman. I knew I knew that name. He's the bad boss on nine to (laughs) five. Great. Yes, I I can't. I'm so mad. I'm, one, I'm not on on Facebook anymore, which is devastating, and but also good, but also devastating. Yeah. Um. Secondly, I can't see names in the comment section, but I have it pulled up every single time we record now because I get really jazzed. And somebody, <laughs> right as I said it, said, said nine to five. He was in nine to five with
0: Dolly. Now I don't want you to hang up the the internet, Justin. But uh, uh, I've never seen nine to five.
1: That's better than you saying you don't like it. It's That's worth true. it.
0: That's fair. That's I, fair. Uh,
1: I'm I'll, I'll figure out a way to get that to you somehow. Okay. Like I want to be responsible, but yeah. Okay. Dabney Coleman. Yeah. Do you want to do a whole side episode where we just talk about Dabney Coleman?
0: We could, I think I'm we, there's so he's, he's got enough credits. I can tell you that right now. Cause I looked him up. It was crazy. How many credits he had.
1: Yeah. Beverly hillbillies. You've got mail recess schools out ever recess hive. Put your hands up, you know, um, <laughs> Moonlight Miles, guess who's in Moonlight Mile?
0: Dolly Parton?
1: <laughs> no, Grey's Anatomy's Ellen Pompeo. Of
0: course, of course. I mean, Grey's Anatomy's been going on for so long, at some point, there's six degrees of separation from anything, right?
1: Listen, I don't, I don't use this word lightly, and I'm just going to call you this one time, and so that you don't act like this again, babe. Those were all originals. Those were all from
0: season one. You w- Walsh, away. O. Pompeo are all original yeah. season ones. Okay, uh,
1: kind of, kind of with Walsh. She comes in in the last uh, episode, but God, it's a good cliffhanger.
0: But season one, though. So,
1: yeah, you know, there you um,
0: go. I feel like we did this, and we land, we're we going to land this plane in an hour, Justin, which, you know, con- considering all we had to get through and all the time we spent talking about so many other things, I feel like it was pretty economical of us to do this in an hour.
1: It was pretty good, because we ultimately did kind of give uh, a, a refresh of, of season two, and we started our new podcast, <laughs> Meredith Grey Must Die.
0: Meredith Grey Must Die, which... Listen, M-G-M-D. man, if, if, if people if we could get paid for it, I would I would do it. I'd do it. Talk TV with you, man. I would do it in a heartbeat.
1: Dr. Meredith Gray must die. D.M.G.M.D., which I believe, as we know, in the language uh, hive is a palindrome.
0: Yes, it is. If it was an actual word, it would be a palindrome. Yes, that is correct. Yes.
1: All right. Well, I'll see you guys for the next episode of Mudgum, And uh, you guys have a wonderful week. Okay. We love you. Bye.
0: You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio. Feel free to listen. Feel free to turn it off, whatever you want to. But either way,